Walker on him. Throws it up for eight. Shot blocked by Antetokounmpo. What a block from Giannis. 17 seconds from game seven or from championship number six. Jordan. Open. Chicago with the lead. Remaining. And they're putting Curry in the pick and roll trying to get him on Irving. Irving and Curry, one-on-one with Irving, puts it up, it's good, Kyrie Irving from downtown! We're centered in end Jerome, that's for damn sure. Yes, 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 what is up everybody, welcome to Taproom Sports Podcast, I am your host Jordan, Stacks on Stacks on Stacks Lats, joined with my guys, Mr. Big Ball and Ben Larson, yes sir, Swerving Irving Washington, Ben missed the memo on the yellow hoodie, I, know. I don't even think I own a yellow hoodie. So, uh, I got a yellow beard. Hey, there we go. I guess I so. I didn't even realize it till I I switched over and I was like, "Holy shit!" Me and Irvin both wearing yellow hoodies. This is fucking weird. Uh, that was not planned or coordinated, but here we are. We good. Uh, welcome everybody. It's been a crazy weekend. The first weekend of March Madness. Obviously, the wildest weekend. We saw a 16 seed, the biggest upset in NCAA tournament history. Uh, Fairly Dickinson almost beat FAU tonight as well. Almost continued the storied run. Princeton is in the Sweet 16. Gotta love them bookworms. Um, <clears throat> but man, WBC has been fucking crazy. Uh, the U.S. versus Venezuela game was just electric with. Trey yeah. Turner and the uh, not walk off, but <clears throat> the Grand Slam, which we're going to get into very shortly, fellas. How we doing tonight? Good, doing man. good. Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, you, you talked about the Venezuela game. You, you got the Cuba game today. You know, complete turnaround from that Mexico USA Mexico game that we we saw start the WBC. Which man, that makes me happy. I'm, I'm glad to see the the US team, even though it's full of a bunch of schmucks. From other teams than my own, but we'll get we'll yeah. get into it. We'll get in we'll get into the WBC here shortly. It's fun to watch, yeah. Um we are being brought to you by Tavour. Make sure to go to Tavour.com or download the Tavour app straight to your mobile device and use promo code Taproom for ten dollars off your first purchase of twenty-five dollars or more. That's craft beer delivered straight to your front door. You don't even have to leave your seat. Um with that being said, I got a nice beer. I got a couple of nice beers. Ben, what are you sipping on right now? And so my first beer of the night is uh, it's one that I've never seen before. Um, it's a uh, Cerveza Zalopez from the Zalopez Brewing Company. Um, it's a Mexican style craft golden ale with mango, lemon peel, and of course natural flavors. I wish they didn't have to put natural flavors on the the uh, can, but it's four point five percent, and it's from the most fucking Hispanic place that you could find in uh, the United States. Fucking Salt Lake City, Utah. So, <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, it, it is um, kind of founded, and the brewer is Javier Sanchez. So, um, you know, it, it does have those those roots and that history. But uh, nice, yeah, out of Utah. Okay, hell yeah, I'm drinking a Coastal Ties Murky IPA from Pure Project. This is uh, out of San Diego. California Pure Project is a uh, kind of like it's a collaboration with um with uh Mason Ale I think. I think it's like brewed okay. out of Mason Ale. I've had a couple of their beers but um 
never had a murky IPA. I don't know what the fuck that is. I don't know if it's that's a hazy IPA, murky IPA. Who the fuck knows? Uh, but I'm going to taste it. The first couple of sips, very good so far. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, this beer is, uh, it's kind of mimicked after Agua Frescas. And I just took the first sip and definitely get that, like, that fruity, juicy flavor to it. Nice. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, but it is, let's talk about the WBC since it is going on. We do have the second semifinal tomorrow, Japan versus Mexico. Um, ben, you kind of alluded to it earlier. You know, last Sunday we came on the show. We were in the midst of the U.S.-Mexico game, and, and the U.S. was just getting boat raced by Mexico. Um, it was just yeah. a terrible game. Uh, but Are you playing music? Who? Yeah, we got music going. No, nah, no one can hear it yet. I don't know how you guys can hear it. And I'm proud to be an American where at least great I US know baseball. I'm free. And I won't forget the men who died. Who but the U.S. turned it around. I think that Mexico game really fucking woke them up. Yeah. They, they realized, like, yo, we can't just go out here and just, like, dick around <laughs> and win win yeah. baseball games. You know what I mean? And uh, So that was awesome. Uh, but... You know, I've you know I've talked to Irv more about the WBC. Like, you know, the U.S. is big. We talked about all of us talked about this to, to begin with. The U.S.'s biggest weakness is starting pitching. Yep. So if they can just get through the starting pitching and get to the bullpen and have a lead, it's electric. I mean, yesterday we, we saw it last night. You know what I mean? Like they were down. Trey Turner hits a grand slam, and then you have Devin Williams and Ryan Presley. And there's not many teams that are going to be able to hit those two. Those are two yep. of the best closers in Major League Baseball. Um, future Dodgers. Everyone's a future Dodger to you. No, Williams probably is. When they trade Patrick Corbin to the Dodgers, we probably gonna get Williams. Yeah, and then you're gonna trade all your prospects for him. No, <laughs> Corbin's walking, so his price won't be that high. All right, <laughs> he's still got another year of of uh, under con- club control. So I'm Nostradam. I'm Nostradamus. Everyone, everyone's a future Dodger to Irv. Just like yeah. everyone's a future Broncos nah, to him in football. Nah, just show hey. But I mean, you even said Judge was a future Dodger. We had that bet going. Oh, he was until y'all offered him ten years. Dodgers only offered him eight. Yeah, and then the Yankees offered him the same amount of money, and he fucking yeah. he took he, he took less money and less years than San Diego offered him. Um, but Man. the biggest thing for the U.S. obviously probably the best lineup, top to bottom. I mean, when you have Trey Turner hitting ninth. I mean, let's yeah. be let's be real, Dyler. There's not many lineups that can match that. Pitching is always going to be an issue, but if they can put up runs like they did today, you put up 14 runs. There's nobody beating, going to be able to beat yeah, this team. But maybe I'm gonna be honest. Our our pitchers, our U.S. pitchers, got to stop being some um some um some hoes, hoe. You know the garden tool. <laughs> what do you they mean, like like the guys that didn't join the team? Yeah, the guys that didn't join the team. Because there's no way every other top pitcher in all these other countries are pitching and playing in WBC, and all our top guys turned it down. If the defending Cy Young winner is in the WBC, Shane McClanahan, Dylan C., Spencer Strider, Max Freed, even the the two, the Chris Bass. Uh-oh. I think we lost him. We might have lost him. Uh, yeah. But I, I do agree to his point. 
Uh, yeah. It's funny because Irvin and I were talking about this last night, and I was saying, like, you know, I would have liked to just have three of those guys. You know what I mean? Like, just give me three of those guys and we'll be good. Which brings up an interesting point because we have seen a lot of uh, dialogue around, you know, the WBC being meaningless, quote, unquote, meaningless games and and uh, exhibition games and guys are getting hurt. Edwin Diaz obviously goes down. The Mets lose him for a year. And then, uh, you know, the next day, Altuve gets hit in the wrist. Uh, supposedly he has a broken thumb. He's probably going to miss some time, too. He had surgery today. Oh, he did have surgery today. Yep. <clears throat> so, yep. you know, there's a lot of talk where it's like, well, should these guys be playing these these games? What's your guys' I mean, thoughts on on the WBC and, and people saying that it's quote-unquote meaningless or exhibition? I mean, I can see how it's exhibition. It's in, in the beginning of the season. It's it's with a lot of these guys who haven't, who aren't playing up to the potential, at least you know through the MLB. But you know, regarding the injuries, you gotta you gotta look at what's happened in spring training right now too. I mean, you have one of the you know better second basemen in the league go down with a a knee injury in spring training from just running. Center so, fielder. What's that? Center fielder. Oh, he's not playing second. <laughs> This year, Gavin uh, Lux. You're thinking of, oh, you're talking about Gavin Lux. Yeah, Gavin Lux yeah. hurt, but Brandon Nimmo too. Oh, Brandon Nimmo. Yeah, like it's just like these are injuries that are going to happen whether you're at the WBC or whether you're at spring training. So it doesn't matter, you know, if you're in one place or another. There's going to be that issue of, uh, you know, of injuries happening, and it's a professional sport with guys who are oh we lost them with guys who are you know in their 30s. You know, some of them late twenties, late thirties, they're gonna have injuries, and it's just it's inevitable. You're playing at a high level. It doesn't matter if you're at one or the other. Yeah, and I I agree. Um, oh, here he comes back. There we go. Hold on, do we got? There we go. We got her back. Uh, no, I, I agree with you, Ben. And and for people to say like these are meaningless games. Like, in my opinion, and this is my opinion per- personally, like, there's no right or wrong answer to this, but the WBC has higher ratings than the World Series last year. Oh, I mean, they had the, in Japan, they had higher ratings than our Super Bowl did. Yeah, so, and so, in Puerto Rico, uh, Dominican yeah. Republic, Cuba, like, dude, these countries are watching this like it's their Super Bowl. Then it's a lot of the time, yeah, absolutely. And it's a lot of the time, it's like, these are the first times that some of these guys are playing for their country and and putting on that, you know, that flag and representing the, you know, place that they were born or the roots that they have. So in my eyes, these are more important than, you know, your normal spring training games. Absolutely. Even even your normal regular season games, um, you know, minus a few when you're, you know, in a, a division hunt or, you know, playoff race, but uh, like these games, you, you saw it in Japan where, they were uh, passing around the Shohei Otani ball. Yep. Like people just wanted to take a picture with that home run ball. Yeah. And that probably was going to be one of the highlights of their, you know, baseball Lives. fandom. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I a hundred percent agree. And, you know, after Mexico beat the U S I said, I tweeted to Mark DeRosa, who's the U S manager. And I said, y'all need to go back to the hotel and watch the redeem team documentary. And the reason why I said that, and I don't think he read it. I mean, maybe he read it. He obviously, he didn't, obviously didn't respond to it. Yeah. But the reason why I said that was because 
the Redeed team, you know, there's a lot of back uh, behind the scenes footage and stuff. And, you know, uh, Coach K gets the guys around, you know, the best players in the world. And he's like, hey, like, this isn't about you. This is about representing your country and the people in this country. You know what I mean? And I felt that for, for the U.S. And, like, I've always been an advocate. Like, if I was a professional athlete and I had the opportunity to represent my country, like, that's the least I could do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, you're telling me, especially uh, for baseball and basketball, like, those are – baseball and basketball, U.S. dominates both of them, right? So for me to get picked as a player to represent that country in that sport, that is huge. That means a lot. Well, and look, it was uh, who was it? it was Mookie and was it Freddie um, that were interviewed this uh, yesterday or the day before, and that they were saying that this is the best time that they've ever had. You know, having this tournament is you know an extension of the All Star Game because you actually have. You're playing with the best of the best. Yeah, you get to hang out with them and spend time with them. And and learn from them. Yeah, like the U.S. team, dude, the hitting coach is Ken Griffey Jr. Your pitching coach is Andy Pettit. I mean, you got Hall of Famers just littered. You got Dave Rigetti in there as well. Yeah, he's their bullpen coach. I mean, you got Hall of Famers just littered in there, dude. And it's like Jerry Manuel is an assistant coach. It's like this is an opportunity for these guys not only to, like, uh hang out with the other best players, but I mean, you get to hang out with legends. Yeah. You know what I mean? So for people to sit there and say, this is meaningless and shit like that, like, bro, so playing for a billionaire means something to you, 162 games, but playing for your country don't mean shit. Like, I'm sorry, bro. Like I can't get behind that. Just doesn't make any sense to me. The WBC has been fucking awesome. Yeah. And, uh, I, I don't see how anyone could sit here and hate on this tournament unless they're not watching it. No, absolutely. And and the joy that these guys are getting, you know, with, with players that they've never even played for or with before uh, is is just awesome. I mean, look see. at Mike Trout, Ben. He's finally winning ball games, and he looks like he's having the best time of his life. Yeah, I mean, he didn't have a great game today, but he finally... Uh, but he's yeah, winning. Finally, yeah, he, he's winning. <laughs> you guys like that fake meme that I sent over? Yeah. Yeah, it just bums me out that after this, I have to play 162 meaningless games with the Angels. You know, obviously, he didn't say that, but Shohei probably feels the same way. Yep, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, this is a well, going to be in Dodger Blue next year. And Mike Happy. Trout too. Mike Trout, Otani, Mookie yep. Betts. Who else y'all getting, dude? Oh no, Mike Trout is going to retire with the uh, with Soto's the Angels. going over there. The only way, only way I ever see him leaving the Angels if he say I want to get traded, and they trade him to the Phillies. The Phillies. Oh, because yeah, that's where that- he's from. Yeah, that's the only team he would probably play for besides the Angels. Well, technically, he's from New Jersey, but... I know, but he grew up in Philly. Well, would, New Jersey's like a hop, skip, and a jump and from Philly. Nobody would want. To, nobody wants to play for the Mets. I mean, fact, their team's just getting hurt, so they don't have to play for the Mets. Nah, we, we knew this. I mean, the Mets are getting old, man. They're an older oh, team, yeah. so... I, I mean, I wouldn't have saw this, you know, Brandon Nemo injury. I wouldn't have guessed that, but yeah, it's a you, know, you catch injury. a spike on a slide, and it's you know that's a that's a huge knee injury. As Edwin Diaz, I mean, another just fluke injury where you're celebrating and 
you know, you tore your knee up. That's two guys who are going to probably be out the whole season because of torn ligaments. Did they did they announce what Nemo's injury officially is? No, they haven't. Okay. Because I don't know if he was like, I don't know if that's a year-ending injury. I don't it, know. It, it didn't look good, but yeah. I, I didn't I didn't see any updates on the um, – all right, Japan he got up and and walked off. That looked. Uh, it says Mets get good news on his injury. So it's like just probably swollen or something. Yeah, it might have been a strain and not a tear or something. Um, Irv, do we have a line out for Japan Mexico tomorrow? Yep. What is yep. it? Logan's brain is in his knee and ankle. It is. On the run line, minus 2.5 is 110 for Japan. The money line is 240. The over-under is 8.5. Mexico plus 2.5 is 110. Who's and pitching for Mexico? 195. Huh? Who's pitching for Mexico? Uh, uh, let me see if they got that out yet. I think it's going to be – is it going to be uh, Sandoval? Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Sandoval's pitching for Mexico, and then that one kid's pitching for Japan. That dude is a stud. That's going to be uh, available. Yeah, he's going to be. He's going to be. He's a future ace. He's probably going to play for the Mar- uh, uh, Mariners, though. No, he's not. What's it? You know, what's his name? Do you have it? Do you have it in front of you or not? I'm, I'm a butcher, but because I know I heard that uh, if Japan wins the game, then you Darvish is going to start against the A's. It's not going to be show. I mean, not a. Not against the A's, against uh, the U.S. team. It's not going to be Shohei. Yep, it's not going to be Shohei. Because apparently Shohei's, because he's starting opening day, and opening day is a week after that, he's basically shut down from pitching for the rest of the WBC. He's only doing bullpen work. I take Mexico at minus two and a half here. Or sorry, uh, uh, Japan at minus two and a half here. Their pitching has just been outstanding from top to bottom. Yeah, I'd honestly probably look at the under. What's the over under? Seven and a half? Eight and a half. Eight and a half? Oh, I like yeah. that under. Eight and a half. Yeah, I like that under eight and a half. Nah, it might go over. Japan backs might go off. Yeah, but yeah. Japan also is like a very left-handed oriented lineup. That's true. Like they got seven lefties in that lineup. I like Japan on the run line. I think the final score will be like seven to three. Nah, I think it's going to be like five to two, five to two, or five to one. I mean, Mexico might not even score to be honest. Yeah. But I said the same thing about China, and China put up a run against Japan. So who knows? Damn, they don't got his his name. His name I ain't posted yet, but I could look it up. I know who it is. It's the, he always he pitched right after Shohei, so. Yeah, and he's a uh, Maki. Or sorry, no, not Maki. Um, his, uh, his idol's you, Darvish. Roki. Yeah, I think I think that he's going to be posted Sasaki. next year. He's going to be in the in the majors next year. Yeah, Roki Sasaki. Yeah. Yeah, he's hella good. He got four pretty elite pitches, and he got a hundred mile an hour. He basically like Shohei, but he don't hit because he got the 100-mile-an-hour fastball. He got that killer-ass splitter, 
and I think he I think he throw a slider or a changeup, a slider and a changeup. It's one of those. Two <clears throat> all those Japanese pitchers got fucking crazy movement, dude, on yeah. their pitches. Like none of those guys throw just a straight fastball. <laughs> none of them. Well, it's, it's crazy to see. So you got Sasaki who's gone three point two innings with or three and two thirds with uh, no earned runs. You've got Yoshinobi Yamamoto, who's gone four innings, no earned. Yeah, bro, You've they got, got the Shohei. best pitching staff in the in the WBC, man. It's not even close. Oh, yeah, and both of those yeah, guys have eight straight out for three and a half innings. For Roki last year, Roki Sasaki last year, he threw 17 consecutive perfect innings, retiring 52 batters in the process, and struck out 19 batters in a perfect game. The yeah, the first perfect game in Japan's top professional league since 94. The one thing you do have to keep in co- into consideration when looking at the Japanese league numbers is they throw they throw a smaller baseball. So oh, it's, shit. it's easier okay. to grip, which is why they have like a ton of movement, which is why a lot of times when you see Japanese pitchers go from Japan to the majors, they tend to struggle uh, right away because they're not used to throwing a, a bigger baseball. Mm. So obviously they don't get the same movement that they get. Now obviously there's a lot of guys that do transition pretty well. You Darvish, Shohei Otani. But if you look at it on the on the large scale, what was that one dude's name that went to the Red Sox? Um starts with an M. Yeah, Daisuke. Daisuke Matsusaka. Like he could never really mm-hmm. he never he was dominant in Japan, never was really as dominant in, in the States. So that's one thing to keep in mind. In the WBC, they're throwing a Major League Baseball, so it's a bigger baseball. Yeah. And, you know, Mexico, they have a good starting pitching staff. Patrick Sandoval is nice. It is a good thing for Mexico that he's a lefty because he's going against a lot of left-handed hitters, and he does have good lefty splits. Mm-hmm. Um, So with that, I, I would honestly take the under. I would I'd lean taking Mexico plus the runs, but again, I don't know if they'll they'll score, dude. Yeah. So, uh, I think the under is like the safest bet here. Yeah, you know, this really doesn't surprise me too that you see Japan U.S. You know, likely Japan U.S. in the uh, in the finals. There that too. was the finals last time too. Yeah. And I think our lineup is better than last WBC. Agreed. I think it's just more rounded, and you know our our offense is incredible. Oh inning. shit! Lakers up by th- four with thirty seconds left. Don't blow it again. The, my only issue with with the U.S. roster been is starting pitching because last year at least oh, they had, yeah. last time they had Marcus Stroman, yeah, who would probably be their number one starter this time yeah. around too. Uh, you know, Wainwright got into a lot of trouble today. He had three infield singles, bases loaded, no outs. He ended up getting out of the inning and only giving up one run, which I think was massive and probably cost Cuba the game. Um, because that was a huge uh, momentum. Got to that under in the XFL. Gotta love it. Did it hit? It's twelve to ten with nineteen seconds left. I told you, it was never in doubt. Well, bro, it was like it was ten to six with like half of the second quarter to play. They just haven't they haven't scored since, dude. Um. Anyways, so you guys like Japan minus the runs on the run yep. line? I like the under. We might get to that. Even next. take a money line, honestly. Yeah, minus two forty is not bad. That's not great value, though. 
I don't think is bad value because I think Japan is definitely a much better team. Well, you're taking minus two forty. That means you put down a hundred. You're only going to be coming out with twenty four bucks. Yeah, I think that's bucks. pretty solid value. Did you hear the story of Steve Fezzik this weekend, Ben? No. All right, I should tell this story. So Steve Fezzik is one of the best sports betters in the world. He's uh <clears throat> lives here in Vegas. Is he the one who puts a hundred dollars down on every under? No. Okay. Because that guy's fucking rich, this March Madness. On the full game unders, but the trend is half first half unders, which wasn't that great. Um but Steve Fezzik, so what he did was he tweeted out I'm gonna lay minus forty five hundred on Purdue money line. Forty five thousand dollars to win a thousand. Purdue lost to Fairly Dickinson. Yeah. Bro lost 45 racks. To win 100? And to two, win 1,000? Yeah, but it, but if you yeah. if you think about it, it's like you said. You know, minus 4,500 is a 97% chance of winning, right? Yeah. If you look at the data, mm-hmm. you know, Fairly Dickinson's the shortest team in, in, in college basketball. Purdue is the tallest team. Obviously, they have Zach Eady. I mean, Purdue should not have lost that game. That was a no, yeah. That was terrible. But just a a terrible beat. So my my point is is that laying big numbers doesn't mean it's bad value. Just because it's minus two forty doesn't mean it's bad value. Like if you have a strong conviction that Japan is a better team than Mexico, and you're like, I know Japan is going to win this game because minus two forty is only telling you that you know Japan's only going to win this game what thirty six percent of the time based on on the the VIG. So if you think that Japan's that much better than lane two forty is not a bad bet. No, it's more than thirty six percent of the time. Because no, if my, it was fifty percent of the time, then it would be minus five thousand is a hundred percent. So if minus okay. five thousand is a hundred percent. But if but if you're sitting at fifty percent, then it would be at, at a push. It would be a pick'em. No, 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 no. It would be a hundred no. hundred and minus hundred. No. I'm telling you so if a game, so vi, the VIG on it, minus 4,500, minus 5,000 is telling you that team is 100% chance based on math going to win. Mm-hmm. So minus 25 is 50%. Minus two, no. Minus two. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a different ratio there. Because Either way. Because at 50%, it's, that's, a, that's even money. Either way, plus 100, minus 100. Minus 240, in my opinion, that's not terrible value on Japan. That's looking like 55% of the time. Because I think Japan's Japan's a much better team than Mexico. Outside of, like, Mexico doesn't have one. If you look at a team starting pitching, hitting, bullpen, I mean, what edge are you giving Mexico in that game? None. They don't have a single edge on Japan. So I think minus 240 is actually decent value. Now I'm not running out to go lay minus two forty, yeah. but but I'm telling like I don't think it's terrible value. Like if you have two hundred forty dollars to throw away for a hundred, I think it's cool because yeah. you have to be willing to risk risk that two forty. So like, oh, absolutely, you don't want to lose that two forty. You know what I mean? But I don't think it's terrible value. Um, all right, we'll get we'll we'll round back to the WBC probably for our best bets. Um, Should we take a uh, quick break and and get some some new beers? Damn, you finish your beer? I still have half my beer. 
Yeah. Well, mine's only a 12 ounce can, so. Go grab your beer. Me and Irv will hop, we'll, we'll start NFL and, and you'll round it back and do it real quick. Yeah, I'm about to go grab me. It's 211. I'll be back. There we go. Let's take a quick break. No, he, he ain't grabbing no steel reserve, dude. You think he's really <laughs> grabbing a steel reserve? Oh, motherfucking Stanford lost today. Wow. Stanford just lost. Damn. For women's hoops? Yep. No fucking way. Who do they lose to? Uh, we'll miss number eight. Wow. 54-49. That's a massive upset. Yep. <sighs> Huge. Absolutely huge. All right, I'm gonna go get a beer. All right, <clears throat> all right, Irv. Let's hop into some uh, some NFL updates. So yes, first, sir. first one. Let's talk about Brandon Cooks gets traded today from Houston to Dallas, only for a fifth round pick, which tells me a lot, to be honest. What's yeah? Your... That means that they didn't. It means two things. Both can be true. He didn't want to be in. Uh, Houston no more, and Houston didn't want him in Houston no more. <laughs> but only a fifth round pick. That tells me that there he doesn't have much market value. Yeah, he probably didn't, but he probably wanted to play for a contender too. He so doesn't. Know, he, he doesn't have think, a no trade clause though. I know, but I think the, the Texans did him a solid and sent him to a contender, and he didn't have to move halfway across the country or to a different state. And Dallas needs a number two wide out, a person that can take the top off the defense, and Cooks provides that for him. So it's an instant upgrade for them and more draft capital for Houston. The team with plenty of holes, they hired a pretty good They got a fifth-round pick, dog. That ain't shit. No, fifth-round picks can come in handy. They might as well just cut Tyra Gruden was what, a fifth, sixth-round pick? Yeah, but I mean, it's like... It's and rare that a... second for the defensive rookie of the year. <clears throat> my my well, point is, is that... It's... I, I know the Texans shopped him around. It's not like they were just like, oh, you want to go to Dallas? Okay, here you go. We're going to trade you for a fifth round. Nah, pick. I'm pretty sure they did shop him around, and probably the best they could get was a fifth rounder. But you got to factor in his salary, too. Yeah. He's not making dumb change. Ain't he making like nine, ten million a year? But that tells me that his market value is basically fucking in the toilet. Well, that's fine. Well, he's been on the Texans. Who fucking, who market value wouldn't be in the toilet playing for the Texans? Davis Mills probably about to get cut and walk for free. Yeah, but Davis Mills has never been a fucking uh, a Pro Bowl quarterback. Brandon Cooks well, at one time was, was looked at as a, one of the best wide receivers in football. Yeah, oh. he was with a functional offense, a pretty decent quarterback, and a good O-line. He has none of that in Houston, so he's not going to look like the same player. I don't mean he's less of a player. Shit, everybody thought Odell was washed till he went to the damn Rams and Help carry them to a damn Super Bowl. True, but you know Brandon Cooks, twenty nine years old, he's gonna be thirty this year. He's definitely he's hitting. Had, up. It don't look like he lost a step. If you, if you go turn on his tape, he still looks like Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I don't know, bro. When you get traded for a fifth round pick, dude, that's, that speaks volumes to me. Lakers win, cover to six. Well, what did you said? McCaffrey got traded for a third rounder, right? You said he was washed. Look what he did. Yeah, I did. I did think he was washed, but I mean, getting traded for a third round pick like that's pr- that's good value still. You know what I mean? That's better than a fifth Not round pick. I mean, they didn't win a Super Bowl. You know that's what I mean? True. So they, yeah, and his injury prone issues were were definitely uh, thrown in there. Yeah, and, and his you know those injury prone issues ain't going away. 
like I agree with Irv in the sense that like you know Brandon Cooks rounds out the form. I mean, it's a huge get for the for the Cowboys, especially for a fifth round pick. But I'm not going out here being like, oh man, the Cowboys got a fucking Brandon Cooks fifth round pick. We didn't give up nothing. Oh man, our offense. He's gonna take the top off. Like nah, dude. Like the fact that he only got traded for a fifth round pick tells me a lot, dude. That tells me the rest of the NFL doesn't think shit about him. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with you on that. You know what I mean? Because you're telling me there's no other teams that were willing to give a fourth? That that speaks volumes. Yeah. My big question is, is Houston is, I mean, he does have a high salary, but Houston is going out and getting a you know, big QB with this number two overall pick, and you're trading away your wide receivers? Yeah, and but I mean, they're going to get... You hope that you're going to get Mechie back, but... Even then, like, Cook's is a good option for a growing quarterback to. Yeah, but you he also, he, he could, all, he was also a distraction in the locker room last year. Okay. So it's like, you don't want that guy fucking shitting on your new quarterback where it's like, you don't want him break, bringing him down and stuff. I think that's part of why his value kind of went shit. down was because his, his locker room issues last year were very public. Yeah. Right. And you do bring in Robert Woods. Which I guess can be the replacement for him. Yeah, in that number one. Yeah, Robert Woods, USC legend, bro. Yeah. Um, and they're gonna draft guys too. I mean, let, yeah. you know, they still they have a lot of draft capital this year. And who knows, dude? They may end up, end up trading that second pick for even more draft capital. You know, who knows? No, you're gonna go with you know, uh, you're gonna stick with Mills and have Case Keenum be your backup. Well. I don't think Mills is a bad quarterback, you know. I just don't think he's the number one. I think he's a good backup. He's always going to be a good backup, better I think, than. I think it's hard case. to. I think honestly, it's hard to to uh, evaluate him from these Texans years because they've been so dog shit. Yeah, you know what I mean. And supposedly they're going to trade Larry Tunsil too, which gives you a ton of draft capital. But it's again, it's like. Why trade one of the best left tackles when you had a new quarterback coming in? Yeah. Just yeah. throw him behind a fucking dog shit line. It's, I don't know. Or man. are they going to tank and go for Caleb next year? That's a, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's such a unknown commodity here where it's like, you have two quarterbacks coming in next year's draft who are better than any quarterbacks in this draft, period. Irv would agree with that. I think most people that watch college football would agree with me on that. So it's like, I can go for the best player. Like, if I'm if I'm the Texans, I sit at two, I draft Willie Anderson Jr., right? And then next year, I'm, I'm still dog shit. Or Davis Mills plays out of his mind, and he's our quarterback of the future. Who knows? But if he's not, then I can draft Caleb or Drake May. I think it's a, like, you have to evaluate your team overall. You know what I mean? Like, because no, even if the Texans draft Bryce Young this year, like, they're not going to be a good team this year. Yeah. They're still one, two years off, three years off. So who, so who makes them better five years from now? Caleb Williams, Drake May, or Bryce Young? I can't answer that. It all depends on what they value. They're not going to draft Bryce Young and then be dog shit and draft a Caleb Williams next year. But that's, that's my point. That's my point. Bryce so Young. if you know you draft Bryce Young this year, but you know you're not going to be good, 
then why not just take the best player available and be, not be good next year and have the opportunity of drafting a better quarterback next year? Damn, you can't. <laughs> that, because you don't know if you're going to be the shittiest team. You don't know what you're getting out of Bryce Young. And if you base his whole career off his rookie year, then the Texas GM should be fired for even drafting him in the first place. If that's the case, you I'm trade I'm not talking about dra- drafting Bryce Young, though. I'm seeing, I mean, Irv, I'm, I'm seeing. Who, who would they be drafting? Well, the, I'm seeing draft Will Anderson, the best player available. Cause and then wait till next year to get your QB. Yeah, then wait till but next you, year. Well, they you could do that too, but they they really high on two QBs. They high on CJ and they high on Bryce. So whichever one goes number one, I'm pretty sure the Texans are going to be waiting there at number two to draft them. Yeah, but and you can't guarantee that next year you're going to be at a spot where you can get that number one or number two overall pick. No, I mean, you're also, not, but... And also, you can't guarantee that Caleb Williams is going to the draft. He does have another year of eligibility. Right. He is making between if you think Caleb is gonna, If you think Caleb's going to stay his senior year in college, I got some beautiful beachfront property in Kansas for you, dude. I'm just letting, I'm just saying, he the one that said he ain't... This came straight out of his mouth. He said he ain't thinking about the NFL, so... Yeah, he, he said he'll cross that bridge when he goes. But he's not thinking about that because he's he got a season like he to could, prepare for it. If he feels like he could go play another year at USC, bro, uh, his rookie contract, the money he'll make his rookie year ain't gonna be too far off his nil deals he's getting at USC right now. No, I mean that's true. That's a that's a fair point. Yeah, but that's one more year closer to getting that second deal. Yeah, but it's also he's also a quarterback, so let. He has just a career-ended injury. He's going to make it to that second yeah, second look contract. At our quarterbacks that we've had, there have been some career-ending injuries. The only reason why, like, I wouldn't do it is because I've seen this story before with Matt Leinart, where Matt Leinart could have come out after his junior year, he won the national title, won the Heisman Trophy, and he would have been the number one overall pick, hands down, and he decided to stay in college and got drafted seventh overall to the fucking dog shit Cardinals, and uh, you know. And if he would have went number one the year before, who would he would have went to? Who was the number one? Was it the Raiders? He, uh, he would have went to the damn Texans. And the Raiders. <laughs> no, was it the he Texans? Went to the Texans. No, that was the that was was it the Texans? No, that was the year Alex Smith was drafted. Or he would have went to the Niners, who were dog shit at the time. By the way, two thousand. Five. Yep, that was Alex Smith. Back to USC, right? That so, was Alex Smith. So yeah, what in two thousand four? Uh maybe nah. The Niners was in shambles back then. So wait, no, two thousand four NFL draft. No, the he would have been drafted two thousand five. He went in the two thousand six yeah, draft. Eli Manning went number one to the Chargers in 2004. Yeah, no, nah, 2005 is when he could have come out, but he decided to stay in college. He would have been the number one overall pick. No, he could have went out in 2000. No, he could have went out in 2004 too. No, nah. he that was he came back for his fifth year. No, he didn't. 2004. You're you're thinking of the 04 05 season. He would have been drafted in 05. That was his junior year. He was a fourth year senior. Oh, he wasn't. A, yes, he was, dude. Look it up. <laughs> Telling you right now. That was the year he won the Heisman Trophy and they beat Oklahoma in the national championship, 2005. 
And then in 06, they lost to Texas in the Rose Bowl. Anyways. So his, his sophomore year was 2003. Yeah. His junior year was 2004, and they beat Oklahoma in the in the Orange Bowl in 2005. Yeah, he could have left after 2004. He came back in 2005. Oh, yeah, he came back in 05, and that in season ended in 2006. The Rose Bowl was 2006. Yeah, 2000. That's when he yeah, got drafted. He got drafted in 06, dog. He got drafted in 06. Yeah, he could have left a year before. Yeah, that would have been 05. He would have. No, it yes, it would have, dude. His the season was 2004, and the end of the season is 2005. He would have been drafted in 2005. That was the same year Alex Smith got drafted by the San Francisco 49ers. He won the Heisman Trophy in 2004, which was December 2004. The Orange Bowl was January 2005. He would have been drafted in March 2005. Or April, or whenever the fuck the draft was that year. So he came back to school for his 2005 season, and the Rose Bowl was 2006, and he got drafted in 2006. Yeah, either way, it played out. It played out just fine for him. You could say that. He also lost a lot of money, though, not being drafted number one overall. Well, it wasn't a rookie raise scale back then, so he pretty much would have got paid a lot. Number one money for even if he went number seven because you gotta remember Reggie Bush went number two and he got paid more than uh, what's the name Mario Williams. Mario Williams. Yeah, that's why the Texans didn't take Reggie Bush. Yep. Um, he would have been a San Francisco Forty Nine er. I would have been a Niner fan, dog. That shit would have been nasty. <laughs> nah, I wouldn't have been a Niner fan. I would have kept being a Bronco fan. Um, Man, this draft was horrible. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of drafts you look back on and you're like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> nah, this one was pretty bad. I, out of the first 10 picks, only two actually had a good career. Who? Entrell Roll and Carlos Rogers had a semi-good career, but Alex Smith. The, Carlos the Rogers, first, he only had like one good year. The first five picks was all busts. Well, Cedric Benson, would you consider him a bust? Well, maybe. He was good for a couple of years. But Alex Smith, Ronnie Brown, Braylon Edwards, Cedric Benson, Cadillac Williams. Well, Man, Braylon Patton, Edwards was nice for a couple of years, too. Damn, Troy Williamson was a complete bust for the Vikings. Damn. It's a lot of – yeah, it's, cr- it's crazy looking back on drafts, dude. <laughs> Broncos took <laughs> – What's the day first round? Aaron Rodgers was picked 24. Sheesh. The Raiders could have drafted Aaron Rodgers. They drafted Fabian Washington. That's crazy. <clears throat> and so who who do you guys like as winners and losers so far of the free agency? Free agency? Yeah. Well, the losers are definitely the Raiders. <laughs> um, Why? Well, I can't disagree with that. The uh, uh, I would consider the Cowboys a loser too. Besides getting Stephon Gilmore, they didn't do much. Um, and they're losing fucking um, Zeke for nothing. Yeah, but Zeke is washed though. Oh, absolutely. But you can. They should have been able to at least get a fifth or a sixth for Zeke. Let's see. Um, the uh, Eagles, because shit. Even though, yes, the Eagles 100%. are a loser because they just lost so much production. Yep, they pretty much gonna lose their whole secondary. Outside of uh, wait no, they bringing back Bradbury and Slate, but they lost 
both their starting safeties. Yeah. But but one of the starting safeties they said it was easily easily replaceable. But they're gonna really miss uh, Gardner Johnson. They're gonna miss Gardner Johnson. They're gonna miss Miles Sanders too. And replacing Miles Sanders with Rashad Penny is not. Yeah, that's equitable. that's not a. Yeah, that's not a. Uh, yeah, that's not a uh, a good no. replacement if you ask me. I think Mariota is a better backup QB for them than Minshew. Ooh, Zaga pulled it out, baby, and that overhit. No, they did not pull it out because TCU hit a three with less than fucking one second on the clock. But Gonzaga had 82. Yeah, the total hit, but they didn't hit the fucking spread. Oh, I was just talking about the over and then winning the game. Oh, yeah. Pack TCU ass up. TCU just hit a fucking three with .7 seconds left on the clock. Yeah, that's some bullshit. That is insane, dude. Anybody that had Gonzaga minus four and a half. Um, my condolences. My condolences, dude. That is probably the worst beat I've ever seen in my entire life. Besides the Alabama 23 and a half, a dude had like 30 racks on them to win the first game by 23 and 23 and a half. They was up by 24. Dudes hit, I mean, he hit the most meaningless three-pointer I've ever seen in my life in that uh, 16 seed cover. That is, that was insane, dude. That's crazy. Bro, point seven seconds and TCU rolled the ball and like nobody from Gonzaga even cared and it literally rolled to the three point line. Dude picked it up point seven seconds and shot it. Jordan, who do you who do you have as a loser? Um, the Packers. Yeah, that was going to be my next one. The Packers lost a lot and they did not. They didn't gain anybody there. But according to Jordan, Kevin Love, uh, what's his I think name? Jordan Kevin Love's Love? gonna be Jordan Love. I think he's gonna be a baller, dude. Kevin Love, Jordan Love. Yeah, but he's losing all of his offense. No, he's got still got Christian Watson. Yeah, Christian Watson gonna be a dog. Yeah, and I you still have I think uh, he'll be... Dylan and. Um... I think he'll be fine. Um, Is Boxiari gonna stay healthy? I mean, they can still. They can still draft. He hasn't played in like two years anyway, so it's like they're used to playing without him. Man, it's crazy. Uh, FDU and FAU and TCU and Gonzaga under had like an 80% chance of hitting at halftime. Both teams score over 90 points in the second half. (laughs) Both games go over. Do you guys like your your biggest signing in the offseason? Who, me? Yeah. Yeah, our biggest signing was uh, my boy. uh nope. Uh, <laughs> a little, little Jordan Humphrey, the wide receiver, a big excited at all season. Nope. That was I don't know who you're talking about. Mike McGlincy. <laughs> um, I, I don't, I don't five speak. years, eighty-seven and a half million dollars. I, I don't speak of that name around here. But well, it's not a bad deal because actually after the first two years, we could just cut them and won't have much dead cap. It's a front loaded contract. So said after the first three years, the dude's like how old is he? Been 29, 28? Uh, he is, what, like 26, 27? Uh, 28. 
No, that's not bad. He'll be 31, be back on the open market. Hopefully he performs well. No, he ain't going to I, I think it's my, – my personal thing is, like, I think it's hard to dictate, like, who wins and loses the offseason because usually the teams that, quote, unquote, win the offseason end up losing in the regular season. Uh, yeah, and I don't necessarily mean winning the offseason because we haven't had the draft yet. I think that's going to be a huge, huge. aspect of, of this, but more so free agency. Yeah, free agency is just filling your holes with veterans instead of depending uh, depending uh but teams that on the draft teams that yeah. sign like a lot of free agents tend to not do well the next year. Yeah. No, you can't say that. It just depends on what you who you sign and and where what the holes you, you fill. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz like, <laughs> you know, a lot of people are like high on what the Giants are doing. Like the Giants traded a third round pick for Darren Waller. Uh they re-signed Sterling um uh, Sterling Shepard. But it's like at the end of the day, it's like, bro, Darren Waller's only played 17 games in two years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can't rely on that guy to play. And, you know, the Giants won the second most one possession games in the NFL last year. Their defense was fucking atrocious. They're going to have to play a much better schedule this year. Like, so there's obviously going to be some regression there. Like, I think, honestly, they wasted a third-round pick. Like, you probably could have gotten someone at much lesser value. Like, Darren Waller's $11.5 million for a guy you can't even count on to play a full season. Yeah. Like, I just... When you could have gone out there and got a Mike Gusecki a little prior to that. Not as good as Waller, not, not as much size, but he's only costing you $9 million. He's also available more. Rather yeah. get a guy that's more... Oh, they could have, fool, it's some tight ends in this draft. Boy. Hayden Hurst. That's what I'm saying, there dude. Too. There's like, hella good tight ends in this draft, bro. They could have gotten tight, someone in the, the third This eight, tight end round. draft class, like, 8-10 deep with pretty damn good NFL talent. And and also, like, bro, if I'm the Giants, I would have thought about taking Meyer first round. Because that's a dude that's going to, he's a dude, bro. Like, he's a guy that's going to affect defenses. Like, they're going to have to adjust coverages to him. He's that crazy. good. And, and Brock Bowers he went back to school too. That's crazy. So I got he I had got to. Irv, he's only a sophomore. Oh, mm-hmm. Sorry, he had to. He's only a sophomore. Oh, I thought he was a junior. He's he's the biggest sophomore you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> nah, Washington bigger than him. Yeah, Washington is bigger than him. Washington got to stay healthy though. Yeah. So I got I got two teams that are, are kind of question marks to me and kind of wanted to get your opinion. And I know a lot of it has to do with QB play, which is really up in the air for both these teams. So you got the New England Patriots who went out and got Juju. They went out and got James Robinson and they got Mike Kostecki. Um, is that going to be enough to push this offense forward with either QB, Mac or Bailey? No, oh, because this I is think so. this is the same New England Patriots that went out and signed a bunch of draft picks a couple of years ago, and they didn't do shit. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you can't just rely on free agency, dude. They went out and they, they signed Jonu Smith and Hunter uh, Hunter Henry and uh, who's the dude on the defensive line? Irv, the, the D-end. Matt Judon. Like, he actually balled out this year, though. He was pretty good. Yeah, he played good this year. But... My point is, is that you can't just go out and sign guys and and expect yeah, them. Yeah, but I just think them having a real offensive coordinator is going to work. That is definitely going to help, offense. for sure. That's going to help Mac Jones. He's going to have some uh, coach that actually has confidence in him, that knows what he's doing, that can actually. Bailey Zappi is still better. 
scheme a defense and adjust on the fly because if you look at the Patriots offense last year, it was no adjusting on the fly. It was just what you see is what you get. Um, I think Bill needs to just get out of his own way because a lot of people think he like he's losing his coaching acumen. He's really not. He's just too much of a uh, too I much think, of a. Uh, I think he's too involved. Dude. I think he's too involved with personnel. That too. Which that's uh, why Ziegler left. Which hurts him, dude. I think that that's killing him. But I think the Patriots they can be good. Then they can definitely be better. The problem yeah. is they play in a tough division. You know what I mean? They yep. play in a division that might have Aaron Rodgers next year. Yep. Very well could have Aaron Rodgers, which changes a lot of shit. Yeah, they're not. Aaron Rodgers, yeah. They probably won't win a Super Bowl in the next decade for sure they won't. And um, Go ahead, Ben. Go ahead. I was just going to move to another team, so go, yeah. go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, you know, even the Bills, dude. Like, the Bills were a team that was Super Bowl favorites last year. Like, they haven't done anything to really improve their team this year. They're really going to rely on the draft, but just like if a team gets Aaron Rodgers, that sets them back hella, dude. Yeah. You know, that that hurts a team like the Bills because now you have a team in the Jets who beat the Bills last year with way lesser quarterback play, and now you get Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And they're going to have Alan Lazard. He's going to help those young guys come along even more. Yeah, man, the Jets get when well when it's announced and it's true. When the Jets get Rodgers, don't be surprised if they not be one of the better favorites to win the Super Bowl. All right, let's move to a different the the complete opposite, more so of a crap division this year. I don't know crap division. Um, you got two of the best QBs there, but um, sorry, one of the best QBs there. Uh, the AFC South, and you've got Carolina coming in. Who has the number one overall pick? They picked up Andy Dalton to be a backup, maybe even third because uh, Sam Howell, not Sam Howell. Um, who's there? Uh, Matt Corral. Matt Corral, thank you. Um, and then you you bring in Miles Sanders and Adam Thielen. Do you think this offense does anything this year if they're taking the number one QB overall? They're going to be a lot better. I think they might challenge for this division, honestly, because I don't think Derek Carr makes the Saints that much better. We've seen him in Oakland for how long? Just having so, Frank Reich, I think, improves yeah, the Frank Reich is going Panthers. to improve the offense a lot. Their defense is, what, top 10, basically, and it's just another year they get to grow together, be better together. Yeah. We, got this team, we, got, we probably got to take this team serious, man, because last year they should have won a division if it wasn't for a couple shitty calls against you-know-who. Old Uncle Tom, but yep. I mean, I mean let, let me not call him that. Let me call him Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, so I think the Panthers definitely, if you want to put in the futures on the Panthers and win this division, you probably get some good odds, good odds right about now. I still can't believe TCU just covered. Yeah, that's crazy. If anybody had TCU plus four and a half, please send me the lottery numbers uh, for this week. Because you are the luckiest motherfucker in the planet. Um, that is just insane. Sorry, I didn't mean to change the subject. But I, ben, that is the craziest yeah, shit I've seen all week. I've seen a lot of crazy shit this weekend. That yeah. tops the list, dude. That's that is like the craziest shit. 23-point lead, lead the second half. Jordan, are you okay with the Cardinals not uh, doing anything? Um, I think it speaks volumes as to where they're going. 
I think they're going towards a total rebuild, which means I think that uh, Kyler Murray's a lame duck quarterback. He will probably be cut in the next year or two um, unless he balls out. And if he balls out, then the Cardinals are going to be good. But if he doesn't, I think he's gone. You think um, – oh, my God, why can't I think you're a wide receiver? Um. There's Hopkins around, yeah, D-Hop. Yeah, I think Hopkins, I think he's going to get traded. I just think it's a matter of uh, draft compensation. I think they're looking for a first-round pick. I don't know if teams are willing to give up a first-round pick. Hmm. Um, so I, I think we'll see him get traded closer to the uh, to the draft, and uh, probably he might get traded the day of the draft. Yeah, so I just think it's it's all about draft compensation right now. I don't. They're not willing to part with him just for a second round pick. I can tell you that right now. They'll they'll gladly hang on to him for that. Yeah. But are you happy with the Broncos? Oh, outside of uh, getting a signing a revolving door, which is sad to say, he might be an upgrade for us at right tackle because our right tackle last year could not stay healthy. At least McGlinchey is going to be available for you. Yeah. Um, Irv's just ready to finish in last place. He's ready. Other than that, I'm good. Uh, my Broncos not finishing last place. You're a Cardinals fan. Stay in your lane. Um, uh, we got the Rams in our division now, so we definitely not finishing last. <laughs> uh, um, I think we're gonna be all right. We just gotta Sean Payton got to come in and run this program. I think we'll be way more successful than we was year one. I think Russ will look like a totally different QB in his offense. If our weapons stay healthy, which is a big if, I think we'll look like a totally different team next year. San Francisco signing Javon Hargrave. Did that surprise you? No, nah, but it's a good signing. It kind of surprised me because I didn't think y'all needed more defensive line help. But man, well, they I don't let like uh, they let I don't one... like giving y'all credit, but yeah. I just got to because they running a tight ship over there. And yeah, it looks like we're gonna be got to deal with the Niners probably making another Super Bowl run because yeah, with Sam Darnold him, as their starting quarterback. What's that? With Sam Darnold is the starting Sam quarterback. Sam Darnold is not going to be the starting quarterback. Telling you right yeah. now, bro, he start he he might not Damn, be your dude. starter to start the season, but he's going to end the he's going to end the season as a starter. Damn, because y'all got Kinlaw, y'all got Hargrave, y'all got Bosa. Nah, they let Kinlaw walk, didn't they? Yeah, Kinlaw's huh. gone. That's I why they Kinlaw signed. Walk? That's why they signed Hargrave. Shit, well, let Kinlaw come to Denver. Um, but shit don't matter, man. Y'all like. You always end up somewhere eight, nine deep at, and then you got you gonna have Drake Jackson in his second year. Yep. Oh man, I can't stand the Niners. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Who, but yeah, where Niners is Javon they, they, all they need is a healthy QB, and they making another Super Bowl run. Jimmy G going to uh, Vegas. Oh, he fits right in with that town. <clears throat> yeah, he's gonna be a bunny for life. Twenty four seven. I just think it's a good fit for the Raiders, to be honest. Yeah, yeah he, loves, he loves the escorts. He loves the porn stars. There's plenty of them in Vegas. Um, is, get that with Jimmy G. But is it that much better than Derek Carr? Yeah, because nah, not really. I think no, it is he, because Jimmy G allows himself to be coached. Derek Carr did not, which I think that too, is the he's biggest. He's a better upgrade. game manager than Derek Carr. See, the thing about Jimmy G is he's not going to win you the game, but he's not going to lose you the game. Yep. But you have yeah. a better chance at winning the game with him, especially if you have a lead. But if you get a if the team goes up a touchdown, ten points, 
you could uh you could pack it up with Jimmy G because he ain't good from coming from behind. No, he's definitely not. But the biggest problem that the Raiders had with Derek Carr was that he he wasn't open to constructive criticism. No, look at him. He he he's a dude that cries on the field. So what what do you expect? I mean, not I don't know what to expect, but I'm just saying like the the coaching staff was just not they weren't open to that like they weren't willing like he wasn't willing to work with them they weren't like if you're not willing to be coached dude it's tough to coach you so know? that mean that contract that he got came straight from Mark Davis then for sure and then now he go where where does he sign with the Saints with the head coach that he had before so he's gonna regress into that same that same shit that he just had like he's not open to constructive criticism so now he's going to a coach that he had before. Who probably was like, hey, sign here and I'll let you do whatever the fuck you want. Like, I'm not going to fucking openly criticize you and shit. Like, it's a recipe for disaster, which is why when you said that the Panthers are probably in play for the division or the Falcons for that matter, I think those are two solid bets, dude. I don't think the Saints are for real. And I think there's a reason why Derek Carr went there, dude. I mean, Tampa Bay did get the number one overall pick. Uh, A QB who was picked number one overall. Let's be real about that. Who? Baker, oh, I mean that's not a bad signing, dude. <laughs> it, it, it's, it, but it's no Tom Brady. He looked, he looked decent on the Rams last year. You know, yeah. It just goes to show you sometimes you need coaching. Same shit with Sam Darnold. So it'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, dude, like that story that came out on SI about Derek Carr, dude, just like it opened eyes and it made so much fucking sense. It's like. Bro, no one wants to deal with... Like, talk about a diva, dude. Derek Carr is a fucking diva. A dude that doesn't want to be coached. Afraid of constructive criticism. Like, those are the worst people to work with. And y'all work... Y'all both know that. Anyone that's afraid of constructive criticism... That's a... That's a tough human being to fucking get it... Uh, to get along with, dude. It's tough. And, and nobody likes constructive criticism. You know what I mean? Like... Nobody likes to be told, like, hey, you should do this better, or you can do this better. But at the end of the day, it's like, if it benefits you, you should probably listen. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? He was not willing to listen. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. All right. Let's get to some best bets. Let's go, y'all. What do we got for tomorrow, fellas? Uh, give me... Um... Well, y'all go first. I'm going to look at mine right now. All right. So I'm going to start with Japan minus two and a half. All right. On the run line. And I'm also going to do a hockey parlay. I think you can easily go with, I mean. Dallas Stars. No, not <laughs> Dallas isn't playing tomorrow. Um, I thought about it. Um, I think you can go. And again, this is going to be have to be parlayed because you're not going to get good value out of it. Um, but I would go with the Florida Panthers. Uh, money line at minus 190, and then the Edmonton Oilers over the Sharks at minus 335. I I would take the Avalanche, but the Blackhawk wins. They win games that they shouldn't win, so that definitely is uh is something to worry about there. Oh man, what do you what do you like? I'm also okay with that. I'm going to go get best bets for sure for me. Both of them are going to be from the high world of hockey. I'm going against Ben. I'm taking the Avalanche puck line minus one and a half because money line is like minus 455. And, and it's also, something I'm, 
that's not a bad bet. I'm just saying that I'm worried that the Blackhawks will win a game that they're not supposed to win. That's why I'm staying away from that game. Yeah, but they've been slumping though, so. And give me the Oilers at home. They're riding a little hot streak. They're playing y'all beloved San Jose Sharks. Y'all need to lose more games, so give me the Oilers minus one and a half as well. Um, they're averaging like five, six goals a game right now. Sharks love let's to lose in overtime, though. Let's also not forget that Chicago just beat Boston six to three the other day. So, and they lost. I think they lost two in a row since then. They beat the Blackhawks uh, one out of their two games this year. So, all right, I like Sorry, uh, Blackhawks beat the Avalanche one out of their two games. I like Southern Utah minus six tomorrow against Rice. I think Southern Utah can just they can just outscore Rice just unbelievably. I just think it's a it's a good matchup for them. And then I also like the Utah Jazz plus six and a half at home against the Kings. Utah Jazz are really good at home. The Kings are on their fourth road game in a row. I think this is just a good spot for the Kings here plus a six and a half. And I also like the under eight and a half Japan in Mexico. Let's get that money, baby. All right, how was those beers, Ben? What was the second uh, one you had? I didn't even get to ask you about it. So the second one I had was a discretion brewing company. Uh, they were out of uh, Santa Cruz. Uh, and I, I went against my normal, oh, it's a wheat beer. I'm not going to get it. And it's called Squirt, uh, Quartz and Spark. Um, it's a crystal Weissen. Um, so it is a Hefeweizen that is um, filtered. So it's kind of crystal clear, as they say it, which is very true. It is a very, very clear beer Um, coming at 5%. So it's really easily drinkable. Um, It still does have the that that kind of wheat taste to it, which isn't the greatest, but it also isn't the worst. Um, So I'm going to give this one a 3.75. It's a it's a it's a good beer. I'd drink it again. I wouldn't go out of my way for it. Um, but because it's a local brewery, a Santa Cruz brewery, which I've I've been to a couple times, um, it was definitely one I knew I needed to try. Um, and then the what Zolupes, the Cerveza Zolupes, which was the uh, golden Mexican style golden ale um, with mango, lemon peel, and natural flavor. This one was actually really good. It did take taste like the Agua Frescas. Um, Man, you get a little bit of Mexico in Salt Lake City, Utah, man. <laughs> so I'm going to go uh, four point, no, four point four. I definitely drink this again. I would go. I would get it again. Um, I would try the other flavors if I can ever find it again. And this was at Safeway, which is surprising. Nice. Still can't get over Gonzaga not covering that four and a half. This shit is going to fucking haunt me until the next week. This is as bad as the Army cover a couple of weeks ago when American nah, hit the that. Utah Valley blown a 23-point lead. That one too, bro. It's happened to me a few times. That's college then, basketball, bro, to be honest. Uh, then they lose the game on a four-point play. That was horrible. Yeah, it. I mean, that's college basketball. Um. Beers I had, that murky IPA from Pier, that shit was fire. <clears throat> that shit was absolute fire. I would buy it again. I would drink it again. That shit is like a 4.75 out of 5. The second one I had was a Beachwood Thrill Seeker IPA. Um, <clears throat> this one was good. 7.1%. Where's Beachwood's from San Diego too, right, Ben? I don't know. 
Oh yeah, Huntington Beach. My bad. Um, this one was solid though. I only had a couple sips of it so far, but it was good. I would drink it again. Probably give this one a four point two five. But that murky IPA, I don't know if that's a hazy IPA or whatever. They're just trying to create their own fucking niche niche or whatever. That shit was fire though. So I would definitely go look for that Pure Project (laughs) uh, murky IPA. That shit was fire. Uh, The Beachwood, I'm gonna give a four point two five. I'll definitely drink it again. Wasn't as good as a murky IPA though, for sure. But still, four point two five and four point seven five. Those are good numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Solid numbers, man. Shout out to Huntington Beach, home of Tito Ortiz. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck that guy. That dude's fucking weird. I just thought about what y'all saw. They said to him when they fought that when they had that press conference. So really, the first thing you thought about too when I said Huntington Beach, fucking Herb probably fucking thought uh, Tito yeah. Ortiz on his Tito fucking Tito Ortiz, mind. that's the only other thing. Oh, it's a Jim Boy's Tacos in Huntington Beach fire. Whatever the fuck that is. It's a taco spot. I feel it though. Would you trust a taco spot named Jim Boy's though? Jim Boy's Tacos, it's fire. It used to be one out there by y'all, but it got closed down. <clears throat> Damn, that's crazy. All right, fellas. Awesome show as always. In the midst of the Gonzaga game with one of the worst beats of all time, if you had Gonzaga or one of the greatest uh, covers of all time, if you had TCU. uh, You know who Jordan had tonight. Yeah, I also had Zaga team total, so I'm not that mad. And I also had Gonzaga uh, live money line at minus 117, so that covered. So I'm not too upset, but I mean, dude, that. I mean, that's just that's the crazy that's one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life, dude. 0.7 seconds they rolled the ball all the way down the court. Nobody on Gonzaga bothered to pick it up. TCU just picks it up and flicks it and it goes in the fucking net, dude. Yeah. It's just sometimes the world is against you and that's one of those times. But usually when that happens, it means you're gonna go on a fucking heater, dude. Yep. So hopefully that happens coming up. Cause I mean it can't get worse than that, dude. You can't just the bad luck just cannot continue. Um, with that being said, um, make sure to gamble responsibly. All right. Do not risk more than you're willing to lose more than you can lose. Call 1-800-GAMBLER if you have a gambling addiction or need some help. Uh, you can also message me on Twitter at Jordan Rules TSP. I could uh, talk you through it. You know what I mean? Because I don't want to see... I, I saw some people on Twitter this weekend just uh, look like they were going to commit suicide and shit. And like, I think good, bro. Especially when you're betting on kids in college who can't make free throws. You got to keep that shit in mind. So, uh, Thank you for joining us. I'm sorry to end on a down note. But uh, I do want to just... You know, I, we got to let people know. Be responsible, oh, man. No, absolutely. Be responsible. And uh, thank you for, for uh, tapping in with us. Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday night to do our, our final MLB season preview. We'll probably also be talking about the WBC final coming up against USA and the winner of Japan, Mexico tomorrow. So everybody have a great Monday. Let's get this money as always. Let's have a great, great Monday, man. We love y'all. Thank you. Peace. Peace.